Yes, 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 yes. Welcome in to the holiday edition of Questions from the Audience on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, the studios in my basement today, as uh, we always welcome people to participate in the program by sending in your questions at tmckernan at InsideSTL.com. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency at carltoninsurance.net. Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth Exit, online at landoff.com. Chevy, find new roads and design air heating and cooling, online at designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. All make this podcast possible. I don't even know if I'm going to get to questions today. I have a bunch of stored up like double digits and I'm not sure I'm going to go to them so we'll see but I'm, I'm recording this on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and um, and I'm coming off of a very unique day uh, it, and it's it's not even five o'clock but uh, here's what happened here's really the last um, I guess it, it wouldn't even be uh, what would it be eight nine hours so I'm doing the show, uh, the Ryan Kelly morning after, and my dad texts me. Oh, let's see what time he texts. Again, these things, I do these things, and then I'm like, it doesn't really fucking matter. I could say a time, and it doesn't matter. No one gives a shit. I'm, for whatever reason, doing it myself. Let me see what time he texted me, though, just because I'm batshit. Uh, let's see, 8.05. There it is, confirmed. And he says, hey, Tim, uh, Kevin, my brother Kevin, always thanked at the end of the program. Kevin and I are going to the chase at 1145 this morning to see the Irishman. Do you want to attend with us? And I'm thinking to myself, here's exactly what I'm thinking. First off, I'm doing the show. And you would go, oh, you might be in a commercial break. It's 805. No, we are still 15 minutes away from our first commercial break for the show. Um, yeah, we went till I think we went to 821 today for the seven o'clock hour. So, um, so I'm doing a show. And right when he sent me that, here's what's going through my mind. Anna Marie and I, my wife and I, had uh, said when we put Jameson to bed, which is usually in the 8 to 8.30 range, we'll see if we can watch the three and a half hours that is The Irishman, which is made available on Netflix um, today, starting today. I think it's been in theaters in some certain locations for a week or two, but uh, now available on Netflix all over the place. And so I already told my wife that, but I don't believe, as a matter of fact, well, I, I, I know it was just as I was saying it, I was about, I have been to movies with my father present multiple times in the last 30 years, but those would always be for my mom's birthday. So, you know, in the middle of June is when her birthday is, and so that would be her way to get everybody together, try to find something, which would not be easy, uh, that everybody would like, and everybody just kind of goes along with it. It's my mom's birthday, whatever she wants to do. We do, most people know the deal. You got, you know, I got three, uh, three siblings and parents, and now at this point you have grandkids. It's a whole thing. So anyway, in the 90s, and I guess some of the early 2000s, that's what we would do. Actually, I think we did it as recently as 2009, but... That was not what we were talking about today. Today, we were talking about me and my dad and my brother, Kevin, one of my two brothers, Kevin and Danny, um, going to see this movie. 
And if my mom slash my mom's birthday is not included, I do not believe. And I would say this unless somebody and I who the hell in the audience would point this out unless one of my siblings is listening. But I do not believe that I have been to a movie where my mom is not present as well and the whole family's there for my mom's birthday with just my dad and one of my brothers, one of my brothers, since the movie Rudy, which, as you can imagine, well, I, I say these things and then I assume everybody knows what I'm talking about. But my dad is one of those Irish Catholic Subway alums that so many people loathe when they think of Notre Dame. You love Notre Dame. You don't even go there. Um, and he's one of those people. But it's an Irish Catholic thing, you know, um, which I understand if you're not Irish or Catholic, you go, who fucking cares? Like, or if you're Baptist, are you pulling for Baylor? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this shit works. I just know this is what I grew up with. Um, and so Rudy um, was a thing that, you know, for him was important to see. And so we all go and see it. I think even Kevin, who is as anti-sports as it can possibly be, um, I think he was there. I'm virtually certain Danny, who is in between me and Kevin, was there. And we went and saw it. No mom, no sister. I think that's what happened. And that movie came out like 92, 93 in that range. So my dad sends his text and I'm like, oh man, you know. It's a rare day. I was going to record the Pick 6 podcast right after the show. And my intros and outros, and you go, what are those? Where I intro the guest, this week's upcoming guest, Luke Voigt. Great interview, as if I ever say that they're not. Um, but this, this is just, this is candor squared um, from Luke Voigt. So you'll want to listen to this one. The New York Yankees first baseman who went to Lafayette High School. And we bullshitted for like, I don't know, an hour. And then we bullshitted for like another 40 minutes after we were done with the interview. So that's coming up. Presented by Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. So I had to do that. Not that that's like a big thing. You know, that whatever. It takes me 10, 15 minutes. Do the Pick 6 podcast. And then I was going to do questions from the audience. And I was going to do it at the studios. And, uh, and then, you know, but then honestly, you know, it's, it's, it, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving has kind of turned into, I'm observing, and maybe I'm off on this. This kind of turned into the week between Christmas and New Year's. Nobody really is working. Not nobody, but fewer and fewer people. It's kind of turned into its own holiday. And I am pro-vacation and pro-holiday, so I love seeing this. However, for my normal work day, at least at this particular moment, unless I have some kind of meeting or meetings set up, I have a flexible schedule once I'm done with TMA. And so, you know... In this particular case, considering this is an invite from my father who has not invited me to go to a movie, and I don't even know if he's gone to a movie on his own, for real. I really don't. I would have to think he has, but I don't know of one in 26, 27 years. And my brother Kevin's going to go. Uh, and tip of the cap to him, he is celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Improv Shop, which he started a decade ago. He's celebrating that tonight. Uh, and he teaches improv and uh, theater at St. Louis U High. Um, and so he was able to do it and I'm like, and I'm like, God, I know, but I think my wife, my wife knows the program. She'll understand. And here's the thing, by the way, if this movie were called the Italian, I assure you, we would not be going to see it. My dad's, uh, obviously his, his last name is McKernan. His mom's name was Kennedy. 
And so this Irish thing, you know, it's one of those things. Maybe 10% of you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's a, it's a you know, in families where you have that m- much of a certain background, it can be a big thing. So in my family, it's a big thing, even though my mom's side is, you know, German, French, you know, standard, uh, you know, the, the proverbial American mutt. But my dad's side, it's all Irish. So I was think I honestly was thinking, I was thinking about it on Friday, actually, the day after Thanksgiving. I was thinking about, uh, I don't know about going to the movie with him, but maybe having him over to watch the movie on Netflix. I don't know. I, was, I don't know. That just ran through my mind. And I haven't thought about, like I said, I haven't thought about going to a movie with my dad. And, you know, I mean, it's just not something we do. So, uh, so when I get that text, I'm like, oh, what a fucking weird spot here. Because I told my wife I'd watch it. But she, like I said, the Irish, now my wife's Italian. But, you know, she understands the program. And she goes, we ought to do it. And I said, well, God bless. So it's 11.45 movie. I knock out podcasts really quick. Produce. So if you listen to Pick 6 and I sound like I have, like, you know, I'm on, on the clock to get a snap off before halftime. Because um, producer Joe texted me. He goes, hey, it was really quick. Is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, I had a bunch of stuff pop up. And I did have some stuff pop up. But I wanted to get done because I wanted to get down to the chase from Kirkwood in the Central West End. Uh, to be there in time to go see the movie with my dad and my brother. So that's what I do. So I had been really looking forward to seeing this movie. And honestly, I don't know when the last time is that I saw a movie in a movie theater. And I'm making a point of this because I think it's important to this discussion. For 20 years, 20 plus years, when asked, and I guess occasion will come up on the, on, on the Ryan Kelly morning after, kind of like best French fries, um, we'll get into our favorite movies. And when asked on the show, or if I'm just bullshitting with people, I have a, I have a go-to list of three. And I don't, I don't really know if I have, I have them in any particular order. I would imagine most of you wouldn't have this three, but I would bet... Many of you have at least one of the three. I'm allowing a little time here for you to guess, even though this is not a live broadcast. And they are, in uh, chronological order of release, The Graduate, The Godfather, which I would imagine is on a lot of people's lists, and Goodwill Hunting. And um, The Graduate is it might be people like in their 60s or 70s favorite movie perhaps it's odd that that you know I wasn't I wasn't born until like 8 years after it was released um I think I don't know when it was released I think late 60s but um for whatever reason I was at a time in my education where and I think it's just the English department at St. Louis U High, where like they could hold up a, a styrofoam cup and then like interpret symbolism out of it, which I find fascinating. I love that shit. I don't know. Do do with it whatever you want. There's 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 no symbolism behind me loving symbolism. At least I don't think so. I just know I love it. And so when you watch The Graduate, it kind of takes you back to the counterculture that era, even though it's not something that I would imagine almost none of the people listening to this were alive for, or even if you were, would remember. Um, you know, and, um, and then all of the symbolism in that movie. And I just love it. I love, I love, all, I think there's so much to it. God, I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. 
The Godfather, I don't really feel like I need to break down or justify. I think that's understood why it's in there. Um, it's incredible. And that's just a horrible way to describe my reasoning for being in there. I mean, how just awful what a what a useless adjective. It's incredible. Fuck me for saying it, but that's what I'm thinking. Um, but I love the movie. If it's on, I'll watch it. I really like the first Godfather more than Godfather Two, and I understand a lot of people are of the opinion that the second one's better. I mean, it's subjective. It's like, well, God, you like that pizza? I don't fucking know. I do. You so you like the other pizza? I don't get upset about it. You know, I don't know. But the, 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 you know, this is my list. Uh, and then Goodwill Hunting. And I think that also was about the time in my life in which I saw it. You know, I'm a junior in college, if I'm not mistaken, maybe sophomore. And, um, and I think it kind of, for some reason, reminded me of The Graduate, although I'm really not sure what the parallels would be. It's dialogue-heavy. I like dialogue-heavy movies. I do not really care for action or sci-fi or, you know, any of that. Uh, I also like girl-on-girl movies candidly the totally different genre from this ranking and um and i and i just i that movie i don't know i it, it resonates me with, with for a bunch of different reasons again i there's there i guess with subliminally perhaps the subconscious the irish thing i don't know um but but either way so that's been my list and it's it's never really been challenged there have been movies since 97, when I think Goodwill Hunting came out, that I've loved, but the top three have been the top three for 22 years. Well, I think that The Irishman is in my top three now. I don't really know which one would go out, but I just know that we got done watching that movie. And what, I mean, let me say a couple things here. So we go, we see the movie. We, we go to the chase. My brother lives in the, in the central West End. My dad lives in South City, same place I grew up, Tam Avenue. Uh, and so, you know, they choose the chase. I don't even know where, all, where it's being shown at this point. Um, and so, you know, when, when my dad, who is the general sales manager at KPLR-TV, uh, up until 91 worked at KPLR TV it was at the Chase Park Plaza that's where their offices were when I interned for Rich Gould in 1997 at Channel 11 that's where their offices were they've moved and it's been a good long while now out to Maryland Heights where they share the facility with uh, Channel 2 KTVI the two Fox but uh, so he knows the Chase Park Plaza very well and the Chase Park Plaza because my dad was saying this is the movies going on because they're characters from history this is not a I mean it's it's based on non-fictional characters, um, you know, used in this fantastic, and I mean fantasy, but also fantastic in the positive way, screenplay. And um, and he's like, oh, that guy used to stay at the chase, and Kennedy, when he was here, he used to stay across the street, and this guy stayed at the chase, you know, because the, the whole deal was, you know, it was, that was the place to be. And that's where he was. He started in the mailroom, before becoming general sales manager, it's a hell of a story. Um, right when his dad died, or around the time, uh, he had to get to work. You know, he had three brothers and sisters too, so that was the deal. And uh, and so you're hanging out at the Chase Park Plaza. It's a whole scene. And he was, so we get done with the movie. My dad goes, "Hey, you guys want to go have a beer?" Well, I mean, of course we do. So we go into what used to be 
some of you who may be in my uh, age range of the 40-ish, late 30s, 40s range, would remember, I guess it was called Cafe O in the Chase Park Plaza. And like in the 2000s, man, that was a whole thing. Like that was a place. There was, that was, a, there was a nice, nice, uh, nice situation going on there. And uh, it wasn't necessarily my type of thing, but as far as uh, attractive lasses go, it was, it was probably one of the top, top places at that particular time. And so I, I wasn't even thinking. He goes, oh, why don't we go in here? And I'm like, oh, fuck, this used to be Cafe O. Now it's like the Chase Bar or something, Chase Lounge, whatever. But either way, it's the same place. So we go in there, me, uh, me my dad, and Kevin, and we get uh, some beers, and we sit there, and we bullshit, and we're all like, that movie was so fucking good. And here's the thing. It is 210 minutes or the equivalent of one questions from the audience episode. It is 210 minutes. I'll do the math for you. I'll do it. I'll, I'll flash my abilities. That's three and a half hours. I'm checking to make sure it's three and a half hours now. That's three and a half hours. And and you do not feel like, you don't even think twice about it. You do not feel like you're in watching a movie for three and a half hours. But here is the thing that I want to say to you. And this is very important because some of you are going to listen to this before seeing it. And I want you to love this movie as much as I loved this movie. See it in the theater. And that's not because of any, like, you know, jerk-off explosions or anything like that, you know, or any of that stuff. And listen, if that gets people going, God bless. Obviously, it's not my thing, but I know there's a lot of money in, in the explosions and superheroes and all this stuff. Not my thing. To each their own. Some people like some things. Some people like other things. But that's not what's going on here. It's a dialogue-heavy movie. But what I was thinking to myself, because I, I went and searched it while I was getting gas on my way home, just for a few minutes to see what people were saying on Twitter about it. Because I knew it had like 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. But, you know, that's critics. What are, uh, what are you know, what's the average, average guy or girl saying when they watch this thing? And I saw that one of the things when you search The Irishman is The Irishman Boring. And here's what I would tell you. And I would imagine a lot of you can relate to this. Maybe I'm wrong. I obviously, I mean, listen, listen to this show. Listen, to Ryan Kelly, Morning After. Obviously, I, I have little focus. So when we watch a movie at home now, Anna Marie and I watch a movie at home now. It is, um, unless it's like one we're really looking forward to. If it's kind of like, well, what do you want to watch? And then you search for ten minutes and go, fine, fuck it, we'll watch this. I either wind up playing like. Hot Limit Omaha and Bovada, you know, reading stupid shit on social media, what up, reading an article, and I'm not paying attention. And then when the movie ends, and I go, that was no good. Well, it was no good because I wasn't paying any attention. You know? I mean, it's on me. Now, the movie might suck, but my reasoning is not fair because I'm not paying attention. So I am glad that as it turned out, that I got this text from my dad at 8.05, not just because as it wound up, I went to get, I got a chance to see this movie with my dad and my brother, and then we wound up having some beers and bullshitting, which is great, on the day before a holiday. It's, you know, it's just a, like a spontaneous, perfect afternoon. But uh, because we're in the movie theater, I can't, like, start playing Pot Limit Omaha or scrolling through Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. I mean, I can, but I'm not. And so, therefore... I pay attention and 
paying attention to this movie, which I don't think is difficult to do. I think it is a phenomenal film. Phenomenal film. I got to give it some time to breathe to make sure that it's not a, a prisoner of the moment thing. But um, if I would have watched it at home, I bet I would not have felt the same way that I feel right now. And the reason is because I was able to pay attention. And it's three and a half hours. So what I'm telling you is this. Because I saw somebody when I searched The Irishman. And the lady had posted, well, I'm getting ready to watch The Irishman, dot, 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 in 20-minute increments, dot, 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 in between family time over this Thanksgiving weekend, dot, 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 just the way Scorsese intended it, which, of course, is not the way that he was, she was being facetious. But, but if you watch it 20 minutes at a time, you will not, it will not have the same impact. It is, and here's the other thing about it. Obviously, I'm not going to get into spoilers. But I do. I'm, I always love having a dialogue with with the audience. That's that's the thing. Even whenever I'm done doing this shit, who knows when that'll be? Um, that's something that I. That's probably something I'll actually miss. Because I mean, why would people be emailing me or you know t- tweeting at me or DMing me on Facebook if I'm just like some fucking guy, you know, living in Jupiter, Florida? Fuck, fucking off. But um, that uh, that I want people's opinion on it. I really do. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And listen, you might not like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm coming away from this in, in, in you know different place. But I'm telling you, I know this. If I would not have watched it in a movie theater, I would not have the appreciation for it that I do. And I told my wife right when I got done, I texted her. And I said, wow, what a fucking movie. And so, I mean, the thing started at 11.45, got done at 3.15, Go in, have our beers, hang out. I'm looking at the clock now. It's 5.20. So try to get Jameson to bed, 8, 8.30, whatever. And there is a chance that three and a half hours from now, I'll be watching this movie again. And I'm looking forward to it. I mean, how often do you have something that has a lot of buildup, whether it be like a Super Bowl, Stanley Cup Final, World Series college football game, whatever. It's billed as in the college football, the game of the century, whatever, all, all these things. And it lives up to it. I mean, this thing with the Irishman and, and uh, you know, De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, and there's a bunch more, too, with Scorsese's most likely final big project. A lot of hype around it. And it exceeds it. God, it's so good. So good. You got to see it. I know you're going to see it. But you got to see it in the movie theater. Because I want you to love it. And I'm telling you, I, I just know, because I know me, but again, this has nothing, but I would imagine there's other people who have the similar trait of, oh, you're at your house and you get up and you, you know, you fuck around, or you look at your phone and then you just miss something. God, it's so good. And I want to say a couple things, but then I feel like even then I'm kind of getting into the realm of, so I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it because I wouldn't want somebody to say, uh, I, I wouldn't have wanted somebody to say this to me before I saw it. I went into it completely. I was under the impression, I'm not going to say what I was under the impression it was about because then I'm telling you that it's not about this, not that it would matter. But here's what I'm saying. The movie's incredible. It might be in my top three, and you need to see it in the movie theater. And I would love to hear your opinion after you've seen it. And if you did decide to watch it on Netflix and, you know, you got kids running around or it's just you and your you know, significant other and, you know, you start jacking around and not paying attention and you go and you get done, you go, oh, God, that was three and a half hours. That fucking sucked. 
if you can, and I realize setting aside, you know, whatever it would wind up being, four hours, four and a half hours to, to go to and from a movie theater and, you know, all that shit, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but, um, God, so worth it. I haven't, I haven't felt that way walking out of a movie. Shit, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. I really don't know. I know I had, I've had to have had that feeling, but I don't know when recently I have. Because we definitely just haven't gone to a lot of movies and movie theaters recently. Remember the, the movie Whiplash, which, respectfully to Whiplash, it's for the first time, it's a totally different type of movie. But just the way that the movie Whiplash ended, it ended and you're just like, holy fuck. On this thing, throughout it, it's three and a half hours in an hour and a minute of those two hundred ten are not is, isn't wasted. They're all necessary, and they're it's just it's so well done. And then on top, by the way, you have Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, amongst others, working together. And I'm not even I haven't talked about that. And maybe that's what made it even better. But that's not what I was thinking. It's just so damn good. So, as it happens, I knew I was going to record questions from the audience after uh, I went and saw the movie, either today or on Thanksgiving, if I had time on Thanksgiving. And, um, and then, as, you know, like I said, as, as things play out, I'm like, oh, now I can go and, and record this and talk about it when it's, when it's, it's fresh on my mind. The issue is I don't want to, you know, you don't just want to say anything and, and, and ruin it for people. It would tilt me if people are like, oh, I want to hear Tim ramble on about threesomes, so I'm going to listen to questions from the audience. And then the next thing you know, I'm spoiling the fucking movie for you, so I don't want to do that. But I'll say this, the thing that I'll just keep saying over and over again, if you're going to see it, see it in the movie theater. Or, if that's not possible, know that you need to commit to it. I didn't, I had eaten, this is what I eat every day. I get, I have coffee, I have an RX bar. For those of you familiar with it, you know what I'm talking about. It sticks to your teeth forever, although it's, you know, relatively speaking, healthy. Uh, And then water. And then I have a protein shake, uh, isopure protein shake at 9 o'clock. In that commercial break, that's it's every day. It's not intended to be every day, but it is, I I track everything because I'm batshit, and I can tell you that's damn. Especially when I have the show, it's every day. Even when we were out of town last week, that's what I did. Um, and so you know, I get there and I rushed right down from doing the podcast to go down to the Central West End. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get a big thing of popcorn and drink, you know, drink soda and eat popcorn and just have you know. It's tempting, but I'm, then, you know, 15 minutes in, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be starving. So now that's occupying my mind. I'm probably going to have to piss at some point. And then the thing ends, and it's like, wow, I haven't eaten anything since my RX bar at 6 in the morning. And I'm completely fine with it. And I didn't have to get up and piss, didn't want to, because you're just encapsulated by what is going on. It's just so good. I, and I got to say also the, the the risk of of being so enthused about it is now for those of you who haven't seen it I'm building it up and that's not that's not good. At the same time, you know, I knew going in that it was you know incredibly well reviewed, so, you know, I had expectations. And I I didn't know which direction it was going to go and it was like, wow, god, it's so good. 
You know, like when you watch, as I'm sure many of you do, like Goodfellas will pop on, The Departed will pop on, you know, Casino, these Scorsese movies. And you're like, fuck, I'm going to leave this on, you know, seeing it, and I can be entertained by it as many times as I've seen it. As you're watching it, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to be watching this 20 years from now, and this is going to be, you know... It's going to be fresh in my mind about how great this was. The cool thing is I wound up seeing it with my dad and my brother, and then we wound up having some beers afterward. It was just, a, like I said, it was a spot. It, 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 8.05, I was planning on recording podcasts and who knows, doing whatever with the rest of the day. And uh, and then wound up having this incredibly cool day that was not planned when I when I got up. So there it is. It, there's a, you know, it's a, this is a unique question to me, honest, because I didn't take any questions. I just feel like if I started weaving into and there are some good ones here, but they are... Uh, I think they're timeless in the sense. Timmy recaps. At this point, I think Timmy recaps either needs to be like a co-host or he just, the question he asked, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, because it isn't fair to the audience to say he asked a great question. And then uh, it's, 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 it's like tickling your balls. Uh, it's not fair. So uh, I'll read it. But first I need to say this. We want to grow this thing. I mean, it's growing. You know, like Luke Voigt says, if you listen to Luke Voigt interview, he goes, yeah, I was in this group chat with my buddies who live in St. Louis. And I said, hey, I got asked to do this, this podcast. And they're like, oh, my God, you have to do it. I'm like, holy shit. The first baseman for the Yankees. And he's being told he's got to do this podcast like that. There's a that's just the most flattering thing in the world. And when Anthony Bartlett came in here or into the studios and he's like. How could I not come on? It's an honor to come on. Look at your guest list. And I'm like, man, this is what a, yeah, but that's a, and I know, I, I hope this isn't coming off because I could see it coming off the wrong. First off, people just hate. So I know that. But but then you take out that 30% that just is, is hate listening. And I hope it's coming off the right way. Like, and, and what I'm saying is it's, um, I don't know. It, it, this is a this is this this was this was a kind of a little vision to do what I love doing, which is interviews. And now, as it's turned out, I love just bullshitting with the audience on random questions on anything. And I had no idea I could. I had no idea I could talk for two hours to myself uh, before starting this podcast. But that's not what I'm talking about with the Luke Voigt thing or with the Anthony Bartlett thing. That you come up with this thing. Not that it was cutting edge. I mean, God, everybody and his brother has doing a podcast now. But it's like, okay, I want to make sure that we do these long-form interviews. And it sounds good, just like how many other businesses get started. And uh, and then they, you know, I mean, they fizzle out. I've been part of plenty of them, you know, and it happens. And in order to in order to score, you got to fire on goal, and you're going to miss plenty of shots, but at least you take your shot. Um, but, you know, that it's a point now, 26 months in, that people, like, like are honored when, they, when they're asked. And, you know... And, and the thing that I think makes it's kind of like with the morning after, it's a similar thing and that I love doing it. And, um, you know, when you love doing something and then people, I like with the radio show, it resonates with people and it's now become a part of people's lives and fathers and sons. Listen, I would love to say mothers and daughters, but I can't imagine that's the case, but fathers and sons listen to it. And it's something they talk about or friends talk about. And, you know, I mean, and you're doing something that you love doing and then it resonates that's a that's a that's a hell of a feeling especially when it's not it's not like something like oh fuck i got to go do the show it's like i can't wait to do the show um and then the podcast 
It's like now you got these people coming in. And all I want, I just want to bullshit with them. And then like you know, Luke, who I, I mean, I have met, but just at three one four training when we did a remote from there last year. Uh, you know, and then he winds up hanging around, and we wind up talking just about all kind of mainly baseball, actually. You know, that's 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 a cool thing. So my point on is this: subscribe to the podcast, spread the word on the podcast. We got a good thing going here, and um, you know, so please subscribe to it. The thing gets downloaded; that helps the numbers, um, and spread the word. And the other thing is, especially over the holidays. For those of you who might be traveling, because I'm always looking, man. And so, like, I, you know, I subscribe to all these podcasts, and you kind of wind up binge listening when you find a new one, especially with whatever kind of content that gets you going. And um, you can binge listen to this thing like crazy, whether it be the randomness of questions from the audience or the interviews. There's a lot of stuff in here. So um, it's just a credit to, to Iggy and to uh, Gangster Pete. Um, and before them, John Seymour, the Seamaster, for the work and getting the guests, the caliber of guests we've had on this thing. Every week, too. That's the thing. God, I'll tell you what. I go back and I start this thing again. I'd be like, yeah, once once a month we'll have a new guest and we'll break it down into four parts because a new guest every week. And the, the, the quality, this is, you know, yeah, God bless America. But that's the, that's what these guys do. So I tip my cap. So spread the word. We got a good thing. And if you're just like becoming familiar with it, there's plenty. I mean, sports, media, politics, it's there for you. So I digress. I was just spreading the word here. And uh, and so grateful to our sponsors who make the thing possible. And I know people listen to go, oh, the sponsor stuff. But the, the, I mean, without sponsors, we don't have it. So if you like it and you're like, man, every week I get to hear from like this high profile person talking like I've never heard them talk before. Um, do business with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. He is my agent. Uh, CarltonInsurance.net, Design Air Heating and Cooling, DesignAirService.com, and then Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. Landoff.com, Chevy Finder Road. So Timmy recaps, for those of you just kind of getting into questions from the audience, he sends these astute questions. And I've got a bunch here. I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 17 that I've set aside to answer. And I wasn't going to answer any because I got into my Irishman thing. But I like this one. It stood out to me, and he makes me expand my mind. Over the next four days of the holiday, I might not be, not be doing a lot of mind expanding, so this will be it. This is from Timmy Recaps. I didn't want your QFTA fan pin post to turn political, so I figured I'd email my question. Generally speaking, it's my observation that people can't disagree in a spirited political debate or conversation without feeling personally offended, attacked, uh, and or appalled. Granted, I didn't care about politics prior to former President Obama's last term in office, so maybe it has always been this divisive, and I was simply unaware. Regardless, there is an extreme level of tribalism happening in political and everyday discourse, and it's killing open dialogue and the healthy exercise of exchanging provocative ideas. If someone holds a belief that isn't accepted in the canon of current tolerable opinions, they're classified as dumb, ignorant, or bad, thus granting the other person the moral high ground. The most intriguing part of a spirited conversation for me is learning the thought process behind one's beliefs and how they arrived to their conclusion. I like for people to, quote, show their work, if you will, because it challenges and forces me to question why I might hold a certain belief. 
Sometimes I'm proven right, and other times I'm proven wrong and forced to evaluate and change my thinking. However, if showing one's work leads to a hollow conversation in which any ideological opposition forces someone to engage in a moral, social, and ethical shaming, then what's the point? If you accept the premise I laid out, how, if at all, has it changed the way you approach political discussion with friends, family, and TMA? And what have you learned about the current state of America as a result of the shouting down of healthy conversation? Thanks, Timmy Recaps. So there you go. That's, that, read, that read like a poem. As I was reading it, I'm like, well, I don't want to fuck this up. Um, it's such a great question. I could do like a seven-part series on this. So now I got to dig deep. It would have been a lot easier if I just did my movie thing and said, thanks, have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. So now I'm going to wind up going deep, probably, which isn't necessarily my intent. Here is what I believe the core issue is. The core issue is one side, so to speak, is getting its information from one side's view, and the other side, so to speak, is getting its information from that side's view. And so we're not going, boy, Harrison Bader is hitting 210. It's the equivalent of going, yeah, Harrison Bader's hitting 210. No, he's not. That's bullshit. He's actually hitting 275. And then the person is going, Harrison Bader's hitting 210. And going, what the fuck is this guy getting that from? That's, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. That's, that's, that's I believe. And, of course, I, I, I worship at a, at a handful of altars. One is Howard Stern's, and one is Jack Danforth's. And I don't believe anybody in the world has ever said that. But um, I think he's going to be on, by the way, here in the next few weeks. Uh, I can't wait for that. That'll be, that'll be deep, deep, deep diving. But when he was on, he was one of my first guests on this, he said essentially you have people getting information from two different places, and it's two different sets of facts, and so there's nothing to debate because you're not debating issues. You're debating whether or not something is real or not, whether or not it is true or not. That's what. So last week, I was in a really good place because I was on vacation and it's just a beautiful place we were in Sanibel it's where we got married we always go down there try it anyway go down there in mid-November our anniversary is November 19th and um and uh and I and it gave me some time to to watch the hearings and um you know and have I, I when I when 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 I want to have a discussion on the fan page the TMA fan page uh, I, I don't even bother talking about this stuff on Twitter. And I actually, with regard to your question, Timmy Recaps, I don't talk about it on the radio show either. Because um, I, because I, I, because to me here, I, I kind of set like a price of admission for the for for participation, and it and inevitably people start sneaking through the fence, and you know, and they get to the concert without paying the price of admission. And by that I mean I set a so like when uh, Sondland issued his statement. I'm trying to find the thread. Let me see if I can find it. It's kind of neither. Well, it's not neither here nor there, but I'll be able to find it. And Okay, here's what I wrote. November 20th, 9.18 a.m. If and only if you have read the entirety of Gordon Sondland's statement today, what is your reaction? So by doing that, this isn't like, here's what Sean Hannity had to say, or here's what you know, Rachel Maddow had to say, or here's what so-and-so just tweeted about it. No, you have to commit to reading 
and it's not fun reading. I read this with Taylor. This was before his testimony. I read his statement, uh, and I'm like, God, I want to talk about it. And I am at a point now where like my eyes are glazing over. But I got if I'm going to ask people to do it, I've got to do it. Uh, and then I get done with it, and I go, How in the hell could? And then I read Sondland's, and I'm going, How in the hell? So, so that's that. That's what I mean by the prize for admission. Have you taken the time to read it? So you're either going to take the time to read it, or you're just going to lie, or then when the thing goes off the rails, and inevitably it does, although it didn't go off the rails as badly as I would have thought it did, which was encouraging, um, we're going to be operating off of the same set of truths. Whether one believes Taylor or believes Sondland, that's, that's neither here nor there. We are reading the same document and what is your reaction i'm not saying gordon sondland has just turned the white house upside down president trump will be impeached what are your thoughts i'm saying if and only if you have read the entirety of gordon sondland's statement today what is your reaction so now because if you do that now we're all operating off the same dog we're not operating off of like a cable news analyst or somebody at breitbart or politico's you know, tweets or something, or how they're going to spin it to jerk off the people in their bubble. We're going to operate off of the same truth, which is just kind of refreshing because how often does that happen now? And whether what is being said in the documents is true, that's a separate thing. But we are all reading the same book and now going to have a discussion about it. And so um, that is what I like. That is what I like. What winds up happening on the radio, if I were to go into it, now I kind of avoid it, unless we're having a different kind of discussion, um, is, is it winds up like the shit that I try to avoid with the fan page thing, which is a regurgitation of talking points, and people have already chosen their side. What I thought was interesting um, is we did a poll. Here it is. November 21st, I posted this. And I was truly curious where this would... I haven't even looked at the numbers where it is now. Well, it's, it's a big gap. I've read state... This is what I wrote. I've read statements and watched testimony because I am a nerd. I have one question in this Gallup poll, and it's not about asking about whether or not President Trump should be impeached or whether Adam Schiff knows who the whistleblower is or if Devin Nunez is a distant relative of Caller Jackie's or anything else. It's the one question below. Do you believe President Trump initially withheld foreign aid to Ukraine in exchange for Ukrainian President Zelensky holding a press conference stating that Ukraine will be looking into the activities of Hunter Biden and Burisma? Yes or no? That's it. Now, of course, it now has 507 comments, but here is the yes or no. 594 say yes, and 108 say no. So... Okay, that's that's what I wanted to know. That's that's all I wanted to know. So what's my math on this? Five ninety four plus one oh eight equals seven oh two. So five ninety four divided by seven oh two is eighty. So eighty five percent. And honestly, I would have taken the under on that as far as yeses go. So to me, it's refreshing that people, even though right now, if I were to go on that page and ask people who they will be voting for or who they did vote for. That might even be more important because people don't like to admit that they were wrong. Um, that, that you have 
you have people, you know, and I and I think I think probably I don't know I I don't know. Let's we can, I guess we can just operate all fifty fifty on on Trump Clinton in two thousand sixteen. Although I'm not sure that that's necessarily right on accurate. I think we could say it's within five percent either way. That no matter whether one voted for President Trump or Hillary Clinton, or one pre- plans to vote for President Trump in twenty twenty, or whoever is running against him in twenty twenty, that eighty five percent. Go oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm I am I voted for him or I am a fan of his policies. Don't particularly care for the man himself or his behavior, social media, or I love his behavior and I think he's the greatest. Whatever it is, but still, eighty five percent, which means thirty to thirty five percent of people who would be supporters of his go, yeah, I think he did it. So arguing over that is kind of nonsensical. Um, that doesn't mean that he did, by the way, just because people on Facebook page think that he did. But that was refreshing to me. Um, not, by the way, because those people um, share my opinion, but because people go, will call a strike a strike, so to speak. So that's what I'm talking about with that. Um, so with, with that all said, something that I observed in that thread that has 507 comments is... It's one thing that I thought was very odd, and I guess is odd, although this is now a week old at this point, this poll, is people who are fans of President Trump, they're just like, yeah, I don't care. I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, like I said, as I always say, some people like some things, some people like other things. But for me, well, I guess I have to say this. I voted for Hillary Clinton. It was the least enthusiastic vote I have cast for a president in my life. Um, yeah, I think so. I voted for George W. Bush in 2000. I wasn't like thrilled about it, but, uh, but this, I was, I was just like, this is, this isn't, this is, this is brutal. Cause it was in the same building where I enthusiastically voted for Barack Obama in 2008. I remember the different feeling, um, walking out just like, God, how did it come to this? But, um, had had this had, let's just flip the script and say this is Hillary Clinton doing all this stuff. I know I would not have said, I don't care. I know it. I will say this. I would have said, ah, I'm really not that surprised. That's what I, that I would I, I care and I'm not that surprised. If Barack Obama or John McCain, who I did not vote for, by the way, but I thought the world of up until the selection of Sarah Palin as his running mate, which I think he regrets. Um, but if either one of them would have done this, my perception of them in a certain category of honor would have been shocked. And also, um, I, I certainly wouldn't say, I don't care. It's like, oh, sweet. I've made more money because so-and-so is in office. I I don't know. That's not where I am, but some people, that's where some people are. And uh, hey, God bless. Some people, it's as simple as he or she is pro-life, he or she is not, therefore I am voting for the former. It's a simple, and again, to each their own. Some people just love somebody who's going to stand up and say the things that Trump says. Some people are just going to vote for somebody who stands up and says the things Barack Obama says. Cuts both ways. Cuts both ways, and then somebody says, oh, that's a false equivalence, or whatever. I, it, it, when it gets down to it, the, the psychology is the same. The person resonates with you. You relate to the person or you aspire to the ideas the person is saying. But I can't imagine not caring. 
but but again, it's not it's not a case of the people who voted for, against him saying that case. People who voted for him. It's just kind of like, oh, geez, I don't know. I don't know what the thought process when you say that. But whatever. Maybe somebody would like to email me and explain it, or they just think it's bullshit, and so therefore I don't care. But what I'm saying is, I love having this style of discussion. I have zero interest in having a discussion with somebody who is taking any side's talking points and regurgitating them as their own, which is why the price of admission to the thread was read the document. If you haven't read the document, if you haven't read the statement, not interested. I don't care if you line up exactly with me. If you haven't read it, don't participate. And I don't care if you line up exactly the opposite of me. And I don't even know what the hell I am, so I don't know how you can be the opposite of me, but whatever. And you have read the document. Then come on in. The water is warm. So what I noticed in this thread was there, and it was only, you know, out of the 507 comments, there might, might have been like a, like 30 of them, where you just read it and you go, what the fuck was that? Where the fuck did that come from? I thought, where, 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 where did he get that? And why doesn't he have any pictures of himself on his Facebook page? Because that seems to be a trend for the that style. And so then I would go to their pages and be like, okay, I'm friends with them sometimes. Sometimes I'm not friends with them. Back in the day, I would just accept everybody and just be like, whatever, uh, friend request-wise. And then I would click on their likes, and you can see, you know, restaurants and music and also TV shows and books people like. And almost across the board, when I was reading something where I'm like, what the fuck was that that I just read? Like, what the fuck? Well, that's just, it's not true. What this person just wrote, some of whom I actually kind of know, and I know they're not like, you know, like bad human beings by any means. They just have a difference of opinion. But it's like they've been like swallowed up by this misinformation thing. And I'll look at their likes and, it, and there, there'd be some constants. You'd have a Tucker Carlson-like, you know, some kind of organization with flags all over it, you know, hijacking the term patriotism. Um, and so th that would be the constant. That would be the constant. And that, before I, it, it, then it got to a point where it's kind of like, oh, I already know, I already know what I'm going to see when I click on this person's profile and then I look at the likes. It's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be constants there. And which gets me back to the beginning of the question and the answer. You have a healthy portion of the population getting information that is not true. And therefore, as I have said, if and when President Trump leaves office before what would be the last day of his second term, you are going to have, in my opinion, all hell break loose in this country. Now, maybe I'm off the mark on that. It's not something I want to be right on, whether that is an impeachment, which I don't consider likely, a resignation, which I don't consider likely, a uh, losing to whoever the nominee of the Democratic Party would be in November 2020, which I would consider more likely than the previous two, but still less than 50% uh, of a likelihood, um, you're going to have all hell break loose. I just, I, I don't know how it, I don't know how it doesn't happen because there is whatever percentage of the population, 30 to 40%, 
who just view this as, you know, people up against him and uh, takedown, and therefore it's going to be brutal if something like that were to happen. Even something as standard as a one-term president, which, once again, I don't consider to be likely. Um, I can assure you I will not be voting for him, but I, that doesn't change. I'm still going to tell you what I think, and what I think is he's going to win re-election. Now, of course, that can change with things, but as things stand at this moment, uh, that is what I would tell you. On November 27th, 2019, that is what I'd tell you. And I'd also would tell you if you said, okay, Tim, you got to put $100 down as to who's going to be the Democratic nominee. I have no idea who I would put that on. None. None. I really don't. I, I still don't even know if the person has announced they're running. I still don't. I have no idea. I don't know. I guess I'll just play it out just for the fuck of it. I ought to do this once a month every month and see how much it changes. I know I want it to be Pete Buttigieg, um, but I don't know how likely that is. Um, but as I always say, I never thought Donald Trump was going to get the nomination, much less win. So at this point, you know, anything's possible. Who do I think it's going to be? God, I really don't know. I just don't think it's going to be Joe Biden, and then therefore it's like at that point, then it's all then it's, it's all over the map. But anyway, it gets back to the discussion that is at, at the at the nucleus of of Timmy Recap's question, which is being able to have these kinds of conversations. Um, and how do I handle it? I guess you kind of know when you are with someone or conversing with someone via text or social media even um, where you're like, okay, we might not have the same views, but this person is, is not like, like that, that meme of, I think it was from the, uh, the university of Missouri protests of the uh, faculty member. And it's like hashtag triggered where the eyes are open and the teeth are grinding and she's got the glasses and she's like staring through at the reporter. Whether that person be on the right or left, I know in that case that person was on the left, but the, but the meme that you picture the person on either side is like that fucking fired up about it. I have zero interest in the discussion. Zero. Doesn't matter. And again, that person could be in the same mindset as me. I don't care. I'm not really interested in that. But, uh, you know, I posted that, that poll, and I had a gentleman who I think the world of, uh, somebody, um, as a matter of fact, uh, I think the vast majority of those of you listening know, and said, I would tell you I do not think, I should read the text exchange, actually. I think I will read the text exchange. I'm not going to say who the person was, but uh, with regard to my poll question, let's see what we got here. Um, hmm I'll give you my opinion in private if you care, and if you don't, just delete it. Trump was absolutely digging, but I don't care because if nothing to hide, then digging would be for naught. I get that it's not what you want from a president, but corruption that could help Trump or not is still corruption, just like most things Trump unconventional at best. Democrats are pouncing because they're afraid of four more years. They're hoping this hearing will sway some votes and get him out. We are stuck with gridlock politics, which kills our country. The fact that both parties have to play these ex- these extremes makes for craziness and nothing gets done. This was a rational thinking person. We are stuck with this bullshit for a while. I don't see a way out because each party is afraid of each extreme so much. 
I voted for Trump strictly for the judges, as in the Supreme Court judges, and didn't want the Clinton machine, which we knew was corrupt. I could go on, but don't want to bore you. Um, it would never put my name to this because of the left loonies just go crazy if don't see their side. And I thought, God bless, you know. I, I knew he was, this was a text, especially I was on vacation, you know. Good guy, smart guy, giving his perspective. And I said, it's very interesting. I said, so you think the witnesses are lying? Because that was the question that he was texting me about. I think the witnesses are hearing parts of facts, dislike him, and are connecting dots, and some had access better than others. Trump absolutely wanted to catch Biden's hand in the cookie jar. He shouldn't use the presidency to do that, and that's wrong, and it's wrong. However, my point is corruption is rampant in politics on both sides and internationally. So looking for a corruption is a good thing. Corruption, no matter how it's found and what it's used for, is still corruption. Maybe I'm clueless in looking at it from one point of view, but that's how I see it. And I wrote back, well, I'm not asking about whether or not there's corruption. My question in the poll is whether or not the people on the fan page believe he did it. Do you believe he did it? And he wrote back, yes. I think it's more to it than a yes or no answer. In using the USA money to hang over a country to find out if there's corruption, a bad thing, or is using the USA money to hang over a country to find out if there's corruption, a bad thing. Granted, using on political opponents is sketchy at best, but if nothing to see play on. But if nothing political to see play on. Um, and uh, I said, God bless her. That's all I am asking because in reading Taylor's testimony, he struck me as an honorable man. And then you have other people, some of whom are Republicans, saying what they have sworn under oath, and there's no gray area. Either they're lying or they're not. Now, that doesn't mean one party is right and one is wrong, but I just wanted to isolate it on that question. Do you believe President Trump did it? And, uh, and with regard to Taylor, he writes, he is honorable. Um, Republicans are acting like Johnny Cochran have to do it because Democrats are presenting a case as if Trump is doing something so awful that he should be impeached. Lots of gray area, in my opinion. To me, it's like giving a guy who steals something from a grocery store years in prison. Yes, he's guilty, but overplaying the hand. As much as they are accusing Trump of political wrongdoings, they are doing the exact same thing in lots of ways. I'll shut it down. Thanks for reading. I feel better. Um, but you may think worse of me. I said, ha ha, no man. I know you're good people. I truly like to hear your different perspectives and would be curious if there's something I'm missing is there doesn't seem to be any way that he didn't do it based on the testimony. But at this moment, 12% of our voters say no. So I wanted to hear their reasoning. Um, and he wrote back, hence I texted and most people who feel more my view, which to me is actually middle of the road or more right-leaning, wouldn't respond because they get hammered. Um, by the way, the interview with Mark Bonavani this week was great. I just want common sense, and he would be awesome. So um, there it is. That, that's, that's, that, that's the kind of conversation that I enjoy. And we see it differently, I guess, although I guess eventually he said, yes, I think he did it. But his premise was it's being portrayed as something way worse. And I don't know on that. Um, but, you know, that wasn't Timmy Recap's question. The question was the tone of dialogue and how people are just withdrawing because they don't want to get in like some kind of war on social media where they could get taken out. And I think it leads to, I think it also has an impact with who winds up running for office. You have people who might be incredible leaders who look at this and go, I have zero interest 
and spending prime years of my life dealing with this crap. Zero interest. And so I don't know if we necessarily get our best people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I feel like there was more to the question. I want to make sure I go through it. So the most intriguing part of a spirited conversation for me is learning the thought process behind one's belief and how they arrive to their conclusion. I like for people to show their work. I agree with that, if you will, because it challenges and forces me to question why I might hold a certain belief. Sometimes I'm proven right, and other times I'm proven wrong and forced to evaluate and change my thinking. However... If showing one's work leads to a hollow conversation in which any ideological opposition forces someone to engage in a moral, social, and ethical shaming, then what is the point? Yeah. but but And so I guess, I guess my, my answer to that is because I've been doing this so long, there are tells of, like, like, like I, I guess I should say, you know, because I've said a few times, I respond to every email I get. And that's not 100% true um, in the sense that if someone comes to me, even if they are just, they can't stand me, but they lay it out, you know, in a way that I'm like, okay, I'm not engaging somebody who might show up at my place of work, you know, that kind of thing. You know, they're laying out their premise. I'm all in. I really am. And I, I bet a lot of you listening can, can speak to this with email exchanges. Um, but there are, because usually they'll like create a fair, they have a burner account, and so they'll email from that, and then that'll be like, you know, like, like and I, I talk about this like, of course, everybody knows what I'm talking about, when most of you probably have never seen anything like this stuff. Like, why would you? Why would somebody randomly send you hate mail? Uh, and, and I don't want to overstate it that I get it all the time. Um, if anything, I get a lot less of it now. But I think that's kind of like people have now broken off into like, you know, like just from a sports talk radio standpoint, and St. Louis standpoint, like I think a lot of my hate mail would come from people who are now 101 listeners. And since they came into the market, those kinds of people who would send that stuff, who wanted like me breaking down, you know, Tommy Edmonds war, you know, for three hours, they, they have, they have left fortunately. And so I don't hear from them. You know, so the people who I'm talking to, they know what they're getting. And they're not like, oh, my God, he just said something about, you know, Gabby Carter. So, uh, you know, and if you're listening to this, you can't be like, oh, my God, he said the word fuck. I say the word fuck. You know, I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, so, so with regard to that, you, you, you spot the tells. And if it's like somebody say, you know, and you know what I'm talking, it's a weird deal. I feel like I'm the Supreme Court defining obscenity right now. You, but, but you know it when you see it. And I know it when I see it. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not interested in this. I know what this, per, this person's looking to start shit or this person, you know, I could tell the person the sky's blue and they're going to tell me that it's, that it's red. And it's just kind of a waste of time. But if somebody comes in with good intentions of really wanting to have a conversation and whether that be publicly or via email I, I love it I can't get enough of that type of stuff I mean look at me I'm fucking sitting here on Thanksgiving Eve talking for an hour in my basement about a question that's just there's there's no real answer it's a philosophical question it's a it's 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 a, a tree falls in a forest and no one's around does it make a sound that's what it is but I do believe it is at the core of the country's issues I truly do I truly do um so man I'm telling you and maybe I'll be wrong on this, but I, I guess the, o the only way, but even, I, I was about to say, the only way all hell doesn't break loose is if President Trump wins re-election. <laughs> uh, 
but then you because I'm telling you for talking about like there's 30 to 40 percent of the public who no matter what will consider him you know um to be a fan of his and I think a lot of that 30 to 40 percent are people are like god is this is you know obviously I don't know different uh, I like his policies. I like the judges. I like my 401k. I like the unemployment, whatever, take your pick. I like not backing down other countries, whatever it is, whatever thing you want to say. There are also on the other side, 30 to 40% who no matter what can't stand the man. And I think of that 30 to 40%, I think there is a large number who is of the opinion that he is gone in November. And so that is going to be a rude awakening if he were to win re-election, especially if there are allegations of irregularity, which, by the way, I don't know how there will not be, no matter who wins. That's going to happen. So it's, I miss, it's like just dig in for the next 11 months because this is going to be batshit. And it could get, it could get, it could get rough, rougher. Like, that's the thing. I think it might have been a question from the audience. It might have been something on the Ryan Kelly morning after. Like, yeah, I don't think we've hit rock bottom. I don't. And any time this kind of conversation pops up on this show, the thing that I say is, unfortunately, it is going to take some kind of national tragedy to stop this. That's what I think. I don't want the national tragedy, but that's what I think. Nobody was thinking about Bush v. Gore on September 12th, 2001. A lot of people were still thinking about it on September 10th, 2001. So that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, God, I mean, that went from something that was the biggest deal in the world to nobody was even thinking about it. So that's the thing. And then everybody came together. Now, don't get me wrong, and then within two years, everybody was apart again. But um, that's what I think would have to happen here. Because um, I don't, I don't look up at the democratic stage and go, oh yes, that person there will bring everybody together. Because it's not possible. Because either you're with Donald Trump or you're against him, and this person will be against him, and then therefore this person will be either the victor for those who do not want to see Donald Trump in office, or the enemy for those who do. And so this person is, you know, is, is not going to be the winner who is going to bring the country together. It's just not going to happen. So I love having these kinds of conversations, you know, these kinds of questions, this kind of discussion. I love it. I wish there was a way to like carve out like, like almost like a, you know, like a place where, you know, you can have this kind of conversation and you, and you, you don't have the dog avatars and the blues logos. And listen, I love the St. Louis blues. Them winning the Stanley cup might be one of my favorite sports moments of my life. Uh, but I'm talking about, and I enjoy dogs as well. This is in reference to what people use to hide. And right now, and also like, uh, what else is another one? Like a sunset, I guess. It's people who want to spew vile shit, but they're not going to put their real names on it, the real pictures on it. So that's that's what they use, dog avatars, the background of dog avatars. And now some people use the Blues logo as it as it is playing out, which I'm sure the Blues are thrilled about. But either way, um yeah, I love this kind of conversation. I would love to like have a place where it's like, you know, whatever. I don't give a damn whether it's 50,000 or it's 500. People are like, okay, you know this person and you want to have a conversation and you don't have to worry about like the batshit invasion in the middle of a discussion. You know, it's you know it's going to be respectful. You know people are going to disagree, but it's going to be respectful. 
you know, so like it's a subset of the fan page. Which, by the way, as I should say, you know, 507 comments, and for the most part, it was great. But you did it just occasionally. Somebody, somebody would jump in. I'd never see them post. i what the fuck was that? Who the fuck is this? And what the fuck is that? But, you know, whatever. It happens. It's not like it's alarming. For the most part of anything, it was like really surprising was how smooth the thread went. But I love these kinds of discussions. I don't know how possible they're going to be over the next 11 months. I don't really even know where to find them. But, that's, but I also want to make it clear, it's not like I'm looking hard. I go out of my way on Sunday mornings or even Sunday evenings because I didn't get a chance to do it this past Sunday to watch Meet the Press and to watch Fox News Sunday morning with Chris Wallace. Um, that's what I watch. So I can feel like I'm getting the quote-unquote both sides and, um, and hear perspective and have an idea of where people are coming from even if I don't share the views, which I feel like a lot of people say and I get it, but because it, it's not like I'm like, oh, great. Now I just got done watching Meet the Press. I can't wait to watch Chris Wallace. That's not where I am. But I kind of feel an obligation to do it. Uh, and I do, you know, I don't want to say like I, I hate it. I enjoy it, but it's not like something I can't wait to do. You know, like I'm like, can't wait to watch The Irishman again. Can't wait to do that. And now we come full circle unintentionally, but I feel like it's a good place to end. Uh, happy Thanksgiving for those of you who are listening to this either in advance of Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving, or as I would imagine much, much of you will be listening to this after Thanksgiving. But I love Thanksgiving. I really do. It's family. It's no religion. It's no gift-giving. It's just people hanging out and eating and, and no bullshit. You know? I, I, that's, it's, 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 it's my perfect holiday. It's just you're getting together with the people you care about, and you're hanging out, and... You know, I mean, I realize I guess it can get awkward if somebody busts out their MSNBC talking points and Uncle has been watching Fox News and now you got that going on. I don't have that shit going on, you know. But, but I, I just like it because it's you know, there's just not there's nothing to it's 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 a beautiful holiday. There's nothing to it outside of family and food and friends and you know that's that's to me it's perfect. So happy Thanksgiving! Thank you as always for sending your questions. I'll get into all the, the library of questions, but you always send more in. T McKern inside stl.com. See the Irishman in movie theaters. Send questions in. Subscribe to the podcast. Support the sponsors. Happy Thanksgiving to one and all. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.